Welcome to Practical Christian Living. So you want to know how to battle against sin? Then so do the Spirit. What kind of things do you listen to? What kind of things do you watch? What kind of friends do you have? What do your friends talk about? Do you have a good Christian friends you can fellowship with? And as you sow to the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does Galatians say? Galatians 5, in a very similar manner. It says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus warned us in the Gospels to watch and pray lest we enter into temptation. Listen, if you have a stronghold in your life, sow to the Spirit in all things. Feed your spirit and you will be victorious because of His Holy Spirit in you. With more on how we do this, here's Robert Furrow, pastor of Calvary Tucson, with James chapter 1, verses 20 through 27. Father, we want to thank you again for your word. It is powerful and it changes us. And we thank you that we can open up our Bibles and hear what you have to say. That there is nothing that I can say that is as profound as what you have already said in your word. And what an incredible confidence that is as we go to study it. That we have not come here to hear what men would say, but we've come here to hear what your word says, that we might be challenged by it. And we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You will either influence the world that is around you for Jesus, or you will be influenced by the world that is around you in your life. You will either effectively be the salt and the light that God's called you to be. You will take the keys of the kingdom that has been entrusted to us, the church that has been built on the rock, and you will open the doors to the kingdom of heaven for those that are around you, or you will be influenced by the culture that we live in. You will either view the things around you through biblical culture, or you will view things around you through modern culture. And if you choose to view things around you through the modern culture that we live, then you are probably not affecting the world that is around you by the light that you are, by the salt that you are. We have been called by him to change the world. We've been called by him to change our world. We have been given a cause. We have been given a commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've been given that commission that we are to make disciples of all men, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Well, here in our text, we find the way that you and I can be influenced by God to be the people that God wants us to be, to have the, the right heart instead of being in love with the things of this world, instead of thinking that the world has something to offer us, instead of looking at things as the world looks at things. Now, the first chapter of the book of James has gone through three topics. It started off by telling us that when we go through trials, if we can make it through them, if we will endure those trials, we will be approved by them. So God approves us by the trials that we go through. They are tests that produce patience and God is at work within our lives and we are approved by them. But not everybody is approved by them. And some are tempted by the trials that arise. 
And then it says, but don't say when you're tempted, you're tempted by God because God can't tempt anyone. But each of us are tempted when we're enticed and drawn away by our own lusts. In other words, those same trials that can approve you can end up enticing you and producing sin in your life. And then if we are going to be approved by trials and we are going to face temptation and win before it is conceived in our lives and brings forth death, then we are going to have to have the word of God in our lives. And that's where the text goes. It now turns to the word of God. And it says in verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadows of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of creation or creatures of his creatures that is that we are born again by the spoken word that we were not born again by osmosis we weren't born again because we decided to go to church we weren't born again because we wanted to be religious we were born again because we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and Paul said in Corinthians that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation so that when we hear God's word, our lives are transformed. It's part of the reason that we try to fit the gospel into every single message that we do. The death of Jesus upon the cross for our sins, his resurrection demonstrating his victory over the cross. Well, then he went on to say in verse 19, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. He's in the context of the word of God. We talked last week about being quick to hear God's word, looking for opportunities to study it, to hear it. We live in a time when we have no excuses for receiving God's word. God's given gifts of teachers and evangelists to the church. You can put apps on your phone to listen to Bible studies. You can listen to podcasts. You can watch, for the most part, free the studies that are there by teachers like Greg Laurie or Charles Swindoll or John MacArthur or any number of Alistair Begg, uh, any number of other guys that God has raised up in our time to be able to listen to those, to, to those studies. Be quick to hear God's word and then be slow to speak. We think that once we get it in, we got to get it back out again. We need to bring God's word, get it into the oven, get it into our hearts and let it cook for a while. Not just for 20 minutes. We need to let it cook for a few hours, a few, few days, a few months. We need to let it cook and become a part of us so that when we do share it, we now own it. It's not just something we brought in quickly and then went back out again. It's not just something we heard somebody say and then we say it but we're actually quick to hear and slow to speak God's word and then slow to wrath. That we don't get angry when someone disagrees with us. We don't get angry when someone has a doctrine that's different than our doctrine. Over the years, how many people when I've been teaching stand up in the middle of the study, gather all their stuff up and march out the doors. I don't know that that's ever appropriate for us as Christians. The, the Bible says the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be patient, able to teach, correcting those who are in opposition. Wouldn't it be better through meekness and through love to try to correct someone that's wrong rather than getting angry and storming out when it comes to the word of God or somebody that disagrees with you? This last week, I put a new countertop in my, my kitchen and I was down in the business that was doing it and the owner of the company, their son recognized my name and the owner of the company goes to Cassis Adobe's church. 
And so she was talking to me about the Lord. We were just talking about God. And all of a sudden from behind us, we hear a voice of someone that says, I just came down from the kingdom of God. So both of us turn around and we look and there's a guy that said he just came down from God's kingdom. So I said, what was natural? Where is it? He said, it's a mountain in Colorado. I said, the kingdom of God is a mountain in Colorado. And the, the, the gal who's the owner of the business, she says, I never heard of that. I said, me either. And then we finished talking <laughs> and then I moved on. I didn't need to argue with him. I didn't need to go, how do you think the kingdom of God is a mountain in Colorado? I just kind of said, okay, you go ahead. There's no reason to become angry if somebody believes something that's super bizarre, right? You may try to, in patience and kindness, correct that individual, but you don't have to get angry or upset. Instead, understanding that differences are among us, that the truth can be known. So that if you believe something that's different than something I teach, or you believe something that's different than someone teaches at a church you go to, hey, then just take time to study it more thoroughly so that you can own it, so it's yours. So then he goes on and he says that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Never right to be, to have the anger of man. You might have godly anger, but the anger of man will never produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, what does produce God's righteousness? Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So now we've been told in verse 18 that we were brought forth by God by the word of truth and that we are to lay all wickedness and filthiness aside and receive the implanted word which is able to save us. If you're struggling with sin, if there's a stronghold in your life and you just can't seem to shake it and get rid of it, this is the key. If your whole life is battling that one sin then you're going to become defined by that sin. And I don't have, you know, if you're in AA and you know, I'm an alcoholic, your life has become defined by the fact that you're an alcoholic. I don't necessarily have a, a problem with that. Necessarily, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, but I don't like you, Christian, being defined by being an alcoholic. I like you, Christian, being defined as I'm a Christian. How much better would it be to say, I'm a Christian and I've had this struggle in my life? How much better would it be to every time you want to confess I'm an alcoholic to confess I'm a Christian and I live for Jesus? And my life is, we take what we struggle with and we lay it aside. Because if we don't, very rarely are we able to defeat any stronghold or any struggle that we have in our lives, stronghold or not, by battling it alone. Very rarely. I, I've used the example before of alcohol. You say, well, I am never going to drink a beer again in my life. Never going to drink a beer. But you're always talking about beer. Every time I see you, you're talking about beer. I don't drink beer. I don't ever drink beer. Pretty soon you're going to go, a beer. I like it. I want a beer. <laughs> because that's all it's about. But you put aside wickedness. You put aside filthiness. The Bible says, take off the things of this world and put on Christ. It is what we do for Jesus and when we start doing it. There's a comedian in the 70s that had a little skit that he would do about battling against sin. It was a Christian comedian. And uh, one of his little skits would end up by him saying, I have discovered that if I take time, if I'm too so busy doing the do's, I don't have time to do the don'ts. 
And he would just kind of say that like 10 times in 10 different ways. And there's a real truth to that. If I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to be doing for Jesus, then I don't have time to do the things that I struggle with. However, that's not the whole battle. The battle is not just about becoming busy for Jesus that I don't do it because all of us know that we get enticed by that sin and then we get drawn away by it. It's not just a matter of being busy, but it is a matter of doing what we are supposed to do with Jesus. It is a matter of sowing to the Spirit because the Bible says if you sow to the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you want to know how to battle against sin? Then sow to the Spirit. What kind of things do you listen to? What kind of things do you watch? What kind of friends do you have? What do your friends talk about? Do you have a good Christian friends you can fellowship with? And as you sow to the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does Galatians say? Galatians 5, in a very similar manner. It says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit of God. So that you, you say, I'm going to walk in His Spirit. It's not just a matter of I'm busy doing the stuff of God, so I'm not going to do the don'ts. It's I am walking in the Spirit. And now that I'm walking in the Spirit, I now have a power to be able to overcome those things. And so our verse tells us, put aside filthiness, put aside wickedness, and receive the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Read God's Word, study it, pray, learn how to battle against sin by taking God's word into our lives, by sowing to the spirit, by walking in the spirit and will reap life. Folks, I believe with all of my heart that this is the way to battle strongholds. If you've got a stronghold in your life that you have struggled with your entire Christian walk, this is the way to overcome it. Be a man, be a woman that walks in the Spirit. Be a man, be a woman who sows to the Spirit, laying aside wickedness and filthiness and then receiving with meekness, which is humility, the Word of God, which can save your souls. It says in verse 22, but be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. That is when you come to church and you hear it. I'd opened up our service last week by saying there are a lot of Christians who like to audit church. When you audit a college class, you go to the lectures, but you don't do any of the work. There are a lot of Christians who audit Christianity. You go to the lectures, but you don't do any of the work. You want to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. You want to be able to hear what's being said and then apply it to your life so that the transformation takes place. It can't take place by just hearing it. When Samuel was just a kid five six years old God called out to him Samuel 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 thought it was Eli calling him so he got up and he went to Eli and said what and Eli said I didn't call you go back to bed Samuel got back to bed and he hears Samuel Samuel he goes back to Eli Eli says I didn't call you but then it finally dawns on him God's calling you so here's what I want you to say Samuel I want you to say speak Lord your servant is listening. And the word in the Hebrew for listening is listening with an intent to obey. It's like a private receiving an order from a general. If you're in the military and a general decided he was going to talk to you and if you're a private or whatever the equivalent is and whatever military organization you're in, generals usually don't talk to you, right? If you're on the very bottom. But if a general called over someone 
and said, listen, I want you to, would you be a hearer of the word only at that point? Is there any way possible that you would leave and not do what you have been told to do? Now, Eli had a lot of problems. Eli had problems with his sons, but I think these are some of the wisest words that are spoken in the Bible. Say to the Lord, speak now, your servant is listening. God is infinitely higher than a, than a four-star general. God is infinitely higher than the admiral that is out there. And when God speaks to us, we ought to be like, yes, sir, I'm ready to go. You speak and I will listen. I want to be a doer of the word. Now he gives an example. He says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He's, he's using the word of God as an example of a mirror. I'm going to go even further than that. The analogy is that the Bible is a mirror to us. That when we look into the Bible, we see ourselves. God speaks to us through it. It's a mirror. There's something supernatural about the words of Scripture. And when you look in a mirror, you don't see your husband. When you look in a mirror, you don't see your youngest son. When you look in a mirror, you see you. When you're in church and we're going through the Word of God, you see you. How many people come up to me after a service and say, you were speaking right to me today? Hey, I got news for you. It's that way for all of us. Just because it's a mirror that we look into and God doesn't give you, it's not a mirror for you to fix your husband's hair. It's a mirror for you to fix your hair. And the analogy that is used here is that you go and you look in the mirror and you see that there's a big green piece of spinach between your teeth and you walk away and forget about it. Or ladies, have you ever been putting your makeup on and then halfway through it, you get distracted and you forget to put eyeliner on part of, on one of your eyes? Has that ever happened to you? And you go home at night and you look in the mirror and you go, ah, all day long. I've been walking around with this, you know, with just about half, and you say to your husband, why didn't you tell me? And you go, I, I, didn't, I didn't notice. That's the worst thing you could possibly say, right? Now he's in a lot of trouble. But that's the idea. We're sitting here in church and God says, here's the mirror and I want you to change that. And you walk away and you forget what you look like. You forget that spiritually you had that big piece of spinach between your teeth. And there's something that God's revealing to you that can actually change your life, that can change your life radically. But when you are a hearer and a doer, it's like you look in the mirror, you see yourself, you go, man, I gotta change that. And you walk away and you don't change it at all. I believe that sooner or later, if that is your habit, I believe that sooner or later, the word of God will no longer be that crisp, clear mirror. I, I think that if you're an obedient Christian, if you say, Lord, I wanna do what you want me to say, show me and I'll, I'll correct it. I think that God will speak to you regularly in church. I think if God is silent to you now, if you can go to church and the word of God is read and you are not struck by it, you say, I go to church, I don't get anything out of it. Uh, I had prayed earlier, and I think this is so true. Anything I say could not be anywhere near as profound as the scriptures we're reading together. That's the power and the profound in it. So wherever you go and wherever you end up, God's gonna reach out and speak to you if the word is presented and brought forth. And if it's not done, could it be because you're just not listening? Could it be that you just haven't been, you've been a hearer of the word only 
and not a doer. You walk away and you forget. But then as, as an example, not even an example, but he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. Now it says three things about the word here. It's perfect, it's the law, and it's liberty. The perfect law of liberty. God's word is perfect. It is everything you and I need for perfection. The Bible says that all scripture has been given by the inspiration of God, is profitable for rebuke, for correction, for doctrine, that the man of God would be thoroughly equipped, lacking in nothing. That tells me that God has given me scripture, that I can be thoroughly equipped and that I don't lack anything. Now that brings me to a correction that I need to make from last week's study. Saturday night, a gentleman came up to me after the service and said, listen, you said in your study that there are all kinds of truths out there, that the Bible is truth, but there's all kinds of truths out there. And I said, well, that didn't sound right. Not just that I didn't say it because I wasn't questioning that I said it, but I said, I don't think I meant what you just said I said if I said that. And so we tried to talk through what was I talking about when that happened and what did I say? Later on, I kind of thought about it a little bit and I finally got what, what was said. My mind was going so quickly, which rarely ever happens, <laughs> that I got lost where I was. Um, what I meant when I said there's all kinds of truths out there, here's the argument that people have. There are people that believe that you can go other places to find spiritual truth in the Bible. Now, that would go directly against the passage I just quoted out of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, that thoroughly equipped, lacking in nothing. Everything comes from here. It all comes from the Word of God. There's nothing that in any other spiritual practice that's out there or so-called spiritual practice that I need in order to be thoroughly equipped, lacking in nothing. I've got everything here. But here's what they're thinking. They say, well, there's other truth that's out there. In other words, two plus two equals four. That's not in the Bible. So there's other truth. Well, by your, just your argument there, I would agree with you. There's truth out there about physics. There's truth out there about, I don't know, calculus that you don't find in the pages of Scripture. So your argument, I agree with. There's truth that's out there. But then they make a leap that I can't agree with. Their first premise, okay, I'm following you. There's truth out there that's not in the pages of Scripture because the Bible is dealing with spiritual things. It's not dealing with calculus. It's not dealing with a doctor doesn't study the Bible to learn how to operate on people. Okay? So there's other truth that's out there. But then their leap is, so then there must be spiritual truth that's not in the Bible as well. That's where I disagree. Because the Bible says everything we need for life and godliness comes from him. He's given us everything for life and godliness already. There's nothing else I need for godliness. I might need to go out somewhere else and learn about calculus. I might need to learn about law in the United States somewhere else. But when it comes to life and godliness, this is what I need. When it comes to everything I need to be perfect in the sight of God, thoroughly equipped, lacking in nothing, then it's the pages of scripture. And let me say that the Bible's not as big as what you think it is either. You can read through the Bible in 70 hours at a slow pace. There really is no excuse for us not knowing God's word, not studying it, reading it, and learning it. And so here in verse 25, it says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that is God's word will set you free. We come back to the promise that every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights. It's the perfect law of liberty. And you say, no, I'll have liberty if I can have what the world has. No, you will have liberty when it comes to the word of God. 
Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living with Robert Furrow. We hope that our verse-by-verse studies truly help you to see that God is real. He wants a personal relationship with you, and His Word is life-changing. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. For our local listeners, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus, south of Palo Verde and I-10, meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. Our midweek service times are Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. at our East Campus and 7.15 p.m. at our West Campus. If you prefer, you can watch our service at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org where you can make a secure one-time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a reoccurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life or do you have questions about salvation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com and don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson or Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living TV Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. on KGUN 9. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living.